God bless you, my brothers, sisters, and dear friends. Uh, I hope you will be kind with me and merciful because I'm not preaching in English every Sunday. I'm not reading the Bible in English every day from time to time, but usually I do it in Romania. It's a joy for me to be here with you and continue the uh, study and uh, uh, to go deep in the Bible together in the book of Matthew. I want to thank you, Christian, and the leadership of the church that allowed me to be with you uh, these two Sundays and preach today. And I'm so happy and thrilled to see how courageous, uh, how... uh, uh, creative you are in the ways to approach people because our desire is to build relationship with those who doesn't know Christ and uh, uh, throughout our lifestyle they could uh, see that there's something more in this world and uh, they may know Jesus Christ so I hope today uh, Christ will reveal to each of us throughout his spirit amen I will talk with you from Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, about joy. But I will start with a a verse that Apostle Paul uh, was writing it uh, from uh, jail. In Philippians 4, he says like this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Is anybody here who doesn't want to be happy and joyful? Everybody from the little kids who are talking and moving to the grown-up people, the old ones like we are, they want to be joyful and happy and have a peace and and, uh, be blessed. Well, let's see if I... Yeah. The passage we will look today on speaks about blessing and uh, to be blessed we call these uh, uh, verses the beautitudes uh, the principles of God's kingdom after Jesus called his disciple after he started to preach after he he was able to gain the victory against the, the devil's temptation now he says look here Disciples, from chapter 5 till chapter 7, he speaks about his kingdom. And what's quite important is these principles, all these beauty tools, start with the word blessed. And blessed means happy, fortunate, in tune with God. So, let us read God's word, first of all, and after that we'll try to take it step by step, uh, just briefly, because uh, I preach from each one Sunday. So we will try just to grasp the surface, but to understand the most important things for our souls. So, seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and it's about Jesus And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, 
Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Amen. May God's Spirit teach each of us. I called this message Steps to Joy. And to be able to remind it easily, I divided these eight beatitudes uh, in two, uh, let's say, two pieces. Four, I call them preparation stage and the other fourth, presentation stage. What that means? There are some things that happen inward us. And Jesus starts with, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We know what poor means. But what poor in spirit means? The Bible says that Those who are poor in spirit may say they are spiritually busted, bankrupt, broke. Jesus saying, nobody can meet God and be blessed. You cannot start joy if you don't recognize that you need God in your life. If we are here today, It's because God made us. You formed my inward parts, says David in Psalm 139. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. A Romanian theologian said once, Our heart beats once, and after that looks to God and says, shall I beat again? Yes, and it beats again. We live because God created us. God keeps us in in his hands, and we are his work. How can I say, I can manage by myself? Throughout thousands of years, people now can say, we tried to do it. And the whole world is a mess. That's why we need to turn to him. Poor in spirit means to recognize that you are made by God. And you recognize that you received from him, not as only as a creator, but also as a donor. All you have, all the, the good gifts, says James in chapter 1, comes from the Father 
of, of lights. He gave us, and Paul is uh, writing to the Corinthians, and she says, for who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Poor in spirit, it's opposite to the spiritual pride. I am who I am. And look today, you see people who said, I am, and I know, and I will do, and I will destroy others. And many others were during centuries when God said, now I will raise my finger and you'll know who is leading the whole world, who is reigning. First step to Find joy starts with this recognition. God, I need you in my life. That means to be poor in spirit. And when you stay in face of God, and when you look at him, and you look at yourself, when the light of his holiness shines upon you, you tremble. Christ said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. In this moment, when you see yourself as you are, you see that you are a sinner, and you deserve God's wrath, and you deserve hell, and you deserve death, because that's what sin brings in the human life. I recognized that when I was 15 and a half. And I praise God that he showed me that he has the cure. Mark first chapter, and also Matthew chapter 4, shows that Jesus started his ministry with these words. Repent and believe in the gospel. This beauty thought speaks here about repentance. When you recognize that you need God, and when you see yourself that you are so far away and your sins are departing you from God, it's like a wall. You just cry and say, Lord, I need to repent. The word in Aramaic language is teshubach. That means you have to Recognize your state, to regret it. You have to return from your sins. Repentance means to renounce to all the old of yourself. As Bartimaeus, the blind man, if you remember when Jesus said, Come, come, he had just one coat. Oh, bad smelling. Uh, it has a lot of, you know, cracks. He just jumped and let everything back. Repentance means to come as you are. You don't need to be, you know, uh, washed before you meet Christ. He is washing you. John says, if we confess our sins, Jesus is the one who cleans us throughout his blood. That's why we remember his blood who was shared for our sins. So, If we come to him and repent, 
he is ready to forgive us. Why? In Isaiah 53, you know, Jesus was punished in our place. He took the punishment and God was the one who said, yes, because of him, I can give you forgiveness and freedom. Blessed are those who mourn shows me the time when Apostle Paul was so, so uncontent of his, himself. In Romans 7, he says, oh, I love so much the, the will of God, but I see in my, my body another law, the law of selfishness, the, the law of my old way of life. I cannot escape from this body and the flesh. But the last verse in Romans 7 says, thanks, thanks, thanks. To whom? Thanks to Jesus. God throughout Jesus was the one who broke that law and he paid the whole payment to rescue me. Oh, blessed are those who mourn because they will be comforted. The comfort of freedom and forgiveness. The third step. Blessed are those who are meek for they will inherit the earth. Now, you know, most people will say, hmm, meek. That means weak. No, the, the understanding of these words are like a picture of power under control. As uh, usually uh, when somebody is trying to uh, bridling a horse or trying to uh, timing a wild animal, our wild flesh has to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. Who is, whoever is in Christ, it's a new person. There's a new power, a new presence. The Holy Spirit is the one who is keeping everything under control. That's why Jesus said, you know, look at me. I was so meek that I Obeyed God's uh, Father's plan. I, I have done what he asked me to do. I speak what he asked me to speak. Everything was in the Father's will. Even in the Gethsemane, I prayed, Father, is there another way? Well, if not, I'm ready to obey. And he obeyed till death. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And that rest, that power that I give to Jesus, it's like the, the, the person who says, now, Lord, I want to sit in the right seat in my car. I love driving. I usually like to keep the steering. No, no. In my life, 
if I want to be meek, I have to say, okay, Lord, I sit, you drive. And that's the reality, the life of a Christian. Each of us has to say, Lord, I don't want to consider myself too wise, as Proverbs 3 says. I want to see you leading my life. So take the whole control of my life. I want to obey the Father as you obeyed. And if you lead and I follow, you transform my life in such a way that everybody on this earth will see, wow, this is a man of character. This is special. And probably when you will go later, I didn't uh, want it to touch how and what means to be salt and light. Probably next Sunday you will do that. And later in chapter uh, 7, the Lord says, you have to live unusual lives. And here in Ephesians 4, Paul says, when Christ is leading your life, the people around you will notice that you are kind. You, you have another character. You're not mean. You're people of forgiveness. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. We can spend the whole evening trying to understand all these expressions, what that means for me to be tender-hearted. You know, because God loved us, Romans 5, verse 8 says, when we were far away from him, we were enemies of him, we were rebellious, he loved us in Christ. Sometimes you look at, at your grandchildren and you find one of them oh, so angry and uh, you say, I don't know what to do with him anymore. But you are tender-hearted and you love him. And instead of punishing him or do whatever is not okay, you are calm and you try to help in the best way. As Jesus came to us and took all our pieces and he remade us whole. Because that means to let Christ lead your life. Blessed are the meek because they will inherit the earth. And I'm looking forward to the new earth that God will bring where peace and the, the, the children of God will reign. And the new heaven where we will praise God forever. I want to make a step forward. You know, verse 6, six says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So the first three Beatitudes uh, describe the inward steps to become, in fact, a Christian. If you recognize that you need God, and if you see yourself in the light of God, and you see that you are a sinner, you mourn, and you want to be saved, and you repent, 
And that brings a change in your life. And you become a new being. Somebody who is meek and keep the power under the control of God. Doing what it has been done as God is willing. The fourth step that concludes the preparation stage, it's one of the most difficult for most Christians. A lot of them are still baby, spiritually baby, because they don't make enough time to read the word, to understand it well, to apply it. You know, our little bodies, when we were little kids, needs nurture to grow. And we all know and understand, as in Roman Paul says, you know, being pure in heart, it's God's work. So all these verses speaks about the ju- justification we received. The righteousness God gave us freely as a gift. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God throughout faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift throughout the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Blessed are those who are pure in heart, those who received the justice that God gave to all who had faith in Christ. But that's something positionally for us. Yes, I know when I believed in Christ, I became a new person. And I want now to know more about him, to grow. Well, if I receive Christ Jesus, Paul says, well, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him as, and established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. That means to be established in faith means to grow in the knowledge and application of God's will, of God's word. If we read Psalm 119, we will find a lot of verses. The the psalmist says here about his love for God's word. Do you have, do I have this love for God's word each day? In the morning, in the night, during the day, in the evening. Verse 33 from this psalm says, Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me the understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. 
So many people are just reading the Bible, but they are doing it just to mark that they read, more or less. How many of us read God's word with that heart that wants to apply it and be more and more in love with Christ? Blessed are those who have this heart, who are pure in heart, because they shall see God. And there are so many places where God's word says, you cannot stay in the presence of God if you don't let God change your heart each day. If you don't let his word cleanse you and prepare you for the day when you'll meet Christ in heaven. Christ's word is the one who satisfies. In John 10.10, she said, I came for my sheep. He presents himself as a, a the great sheep, uh, shepherd, the good shepherd. And he said, I came that my sheep will have abundant life, abundant life. The abundant life is that life who grows in the knowledge and the uh, same way as Christ to become more as Christ. That's why if we have a serious Bible study, and I'm so happy Marius invited you to come to the Bible study, try to put questions to God's word and you'll receive answers and you'll understand what to do and when to do and why to do some things that God will be glorified. So, Reading God's word, studying God's word, applying it will help you grow in your faith. So here are the first four beatitudes. The presentation stage. That's the second stage. If the first four were beatitudes that speaks about inside stuff, the presentation stage speaks about letting them be seen outside. The way God works in me is the one who will help me to live in such a way that everybody will see that something happened inside of me. So that's why Christ said, <clears throat> you know, the fifth step on the ladder of joy is to be merciful. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be, they, for they shall receive mercy. What that means? The Lord presents himself in Psalm 103 as being merciful and gracious, slow in anger and abounding in steadfast love. This is our God. So he is the one who forgives us freely. Later on in Matthew, Christ is teaching his followers how to pray. And inside that Lord's Prayer, we call it, he puts uh, that desire and need to be merciful. So, also my heavenly father, father will do to every one of you if you don't forgive your brother from your heart. And I do, I let this verse uh, as uh, an example that Christ 
showed to them when he spoke about the unforgiving uh, slave who was forgiven by his master. And, uh, you know, there is a, an order in, the, in these attitudes. First, in Matthew 18, Christ said, the master forgave the, the slave who couldn't pay for his debt. And only after that, uh, this fellow didn't forgive his friend who had a little bit debt to him. In the prayer, Jesus tell them, when you pray, say, pray, uh, forgive our debts as we forgive. Not to be saved. We don't forgive others to have our sins forgiven. No. We are saved by grace. But we forgive others because we were forgiven. And the teaching of Jesus says, as my Father forgave you, do it also to show, to let outside that attitude of the heart you have inside. To see, to let everybody see that you are merciful as your Father is merciful. Because the principle is this, judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Each of us will go in front of God for reward. But, you know, our work will be tested. If we have done things without being merciful, it might be possible that we will lose some of the reward God has for us. We cannot also say, oh, we are Christians and God forgave our sins and we don't demonstrate that we have the same mercy, the same attitude as our Father. Mercy is compassion. Mercy is also goodness in action. Mercy shows that we give what we receive. If you don't receive, you don't give. You maybe want to do. Do it once, do it twice. But finally, everybody will understand you didn't receive it. That's why you don't give it. Colossians 3 is teaching us to have bearing with another and in, in one, if one has a complaint against another, let us forgive each other. Forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Here the Lord, throughout Apostle Paul says, uh, you may choose to forgive. You remember that before the, the, uh, Jesus talked the uh, disciples how to pray, Peter asked, you know, Lord, how many times? How many times I should forgive? <laughs> well, as much as you can. You don't need to count that. You must, says here, you must forgive. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That means, step six in verse eight. Greek word here for pure means um, a little more that we can 
say it with one word in Romanian or in English. It's like it was used to describe soiled clothes that has been washed clean. Also, it was used to describe grain and flour that had been carefully sifted and cleansed of all impurities. And also it was used when describing milk or wine that had not been mixed or adulterated with water or some other liquids. What Christ wants to say to us? Blessed are those pure in heart, for they will see God. First of all, have a heart cleansed by your sins. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. Jeremiah, Jeremiah is the one who says, Lord, you know what's in my heart. Please, Lord, search my heart. And the Lord said, yes, I search the heart, I test the mind uh, to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. And Paul says, at the judgment, everybody will know what's behind the actions. In fact, what are the motives? What are the hidden thoughts? If those people were authentic or not, Later in Matthew 7, the Lord says, you know, not all those who says, Lord, 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 will inherit the God's kingdom. Because they may do things in my name, but they never met me. We don't have a relationship. I don't know them. Being authentic means to be the one that maybe will have a bad thoughts, that maybe will not be a perfect person, but for sure will be a person according to God's heart, as David was, if that Christian will say, Lord, you know who I am. You know my mistakes. Here I am with all my cracks, my scrapes, my scars, my Cleanse me. Work in me. Change me. Help me. Take the mask off. For us here, about two weeks without masks was like in heaven. We'll go back to Romania. Oh, I've seen in this morning a service in my church in Arad there. Everybody still has to have masks. Oh, it will be hard. Take off your mask. In heaven, we don't have masks. Those who have no mask will get there if they are authentic with God and are really living a daily life with Christ. If you want to have joy, do not pretend. Be a real Christian. Be like Christ. He says, blessed are those who are peacemakers. For they shall be called sons of God. 
Yeah, David prayed, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I can be a peacemaker. Because those who are peacemakers will be called sons of God. Why to be a peacemaker? Everybody wants to have power. I read yesterday about somebody who said, when the power of love will be greater than the love for power, we'll still we'll really have peace on this earth. And that will happen when Christ, only when Christ will return. So the Lord is at hand. I'm called to be a peacemaker. You are called to be a peacemaker. And that brings joy in your life because the Lord is at hand. He's returning. It's at the door. Not be anxious about anything, but in everything. War or sickness or finding a school or doing something or or solving problems. In everything, by prayer, and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peacemakers are those who have Christ's peace in their heart. Who have peace with God, as Paul says in Romans 5, as he explains in Ephesians chapter 2, throughout Christ's body, he made peace. And we received the peace. And that peace that Christ gave us is the peace that transpasses our understanding. Not as the word gives, gives, do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Doesn't matter if it's war. Doesn't matter if it's a big or small problem. His peace is the one who can help us be peacemaker. Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now I may tell you that there are two types of people. No, we don't call them Christians and non-Christians. I call them thermostat and thermometer people. You know what the thermometer people do? Reflects the climate in the room. If the room is cold, uh, that people is cold. If the room is hot, he is hot. But the thermostat people, what the thermostat do? A thermostat can change the climate of the room. And I've seen a lot of people who when he comes or she comes in the room, everything changes. If the people were angry before or, I don't know, there was tension, suddenly you see that the tension disappears. How can be? That's a thermostat, people. I'm not always thermostat, people, and I'm sorry. My wife is more often thermostat, people. Yeah. God sent us to be those who bring the ministry of reconciliation, those who are thermostat people. 
who change the surrounding. And the people will see us and say, hey, I need people like you in my church. I need thermostat people in my workplace, in my school, in my society. Yes. Blessed are those, happy, joyful are those who are peacemakers. They shall be called sons of God. And the last one. The last one, the top of the ladder. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Oh, Lord, couldn't you put something else there? Why not bless those who don't have troubles with anybody, those who have a comfortable life, those who doesn't bother anybody, those who are hidden inside of their walls? It's not easier. Why to inherit the kingdom of heaven together with persecution, with suffering? <laughs> but you know, the Lord of God says, those who are living so close to Jesus will be noticed. And uh, not believing environment around us, the world around us will be shocked and they have to choose to do two things. To applaud such people and say, wow, I would love to be such person too. Or instead of applaud, to attack such people. And that happens more often. That's why Paul says, you know, if you want to have a godly life, be sure you will suffer. You will be persecuted. And, and God, Christ finished all these beautitudes, saying, you know, blessed and happy and joyful will be you, my disciples, when others will revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Oh, Lord. Now I understand why Paul is writing from the jail to those in Philippi. Rejoice always in the Lord. And that's an encouragement for me. If you want to go up to the top of the ladder of joy. Prepare yourself for suffering, for persecution. Peter says in 1 Peter like this. Chapter 1, verse 5. You, by God's power, are being guarded throughout faith, for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice. Thought now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuine so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes throughout its tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus 
Christ. Suffering now, glory then. We are guarded by God's power throughout faith. Now, my friends, where are we? Where are you on this letter? Which step? Are you at the beginning waiting to take steps one, two, or three? Giving your life to Jesus? Are you at the rank four, stuck there because you have so much to do and you don't have time to study the Bible, God's word? Or you have taken all these first four steps and now you need to extend mercy to other people. It's something maybe lacking in your life. You became pure in heart and authentic with God. Are you ready to be a peacemaker type person? Where am I? Where are you on this ladder? Lord, help us to repent and receive the Lord if we didn't do it till now. Lord, help us to decide to be disciplined and start to be authentic in our walk with Christ. And Lord, help me and help my friends and brothers here to love other people, to extend mercy, to be a peacemaker and ready to suffer for righteousness if necessary because we love you, Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, our Redeemer. His name be glorified and let his joy reign in our hearts and life. Amen.